This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Today we are diving into a few verses here, verses number 7 through to 8 of letter number 23 on the true joy that comes from philosophy. Uh, And in these couple of verses, Seneca is really rounding off his thoughts and giving us his conclusion when it comes to seeking this true internal joy. Uh, If you haven't listened to the previous uh, three or four episodes, I highly recommend that you do because we've been slowly inching our way through this letter. uh, And and up until now, uh, we've been talking pretty much about the same thing, which is, is finding that internal joy, that true, solid, substantive joy that Seneca wants us to find. And as I said, now he is kind of giving us his final conclusion as to how we might find that. So uh, I'm glad that we've arrived at this place. And then there's just going to be one more episode after this one dealing with this letter, which is his final thoughts uh, and his uh, quote that he gives us from Epicurus, of course. And so we'll dive into these verses and we'll see what we can take away. He says, quote, Do you ask me what this real good is and whence it derives? I will tell you, it comes from a good conscience, from honourable purposes, from right actions, from contempt of the gifts of chance, from an even and calm way of living, which treads but one path. For men who leap from one purpose to another, or do not even leap but are carried over by a sort of hazard, How can such wavering and unstable persons possess any good that is fixed and lasting? There are only a few who control themselves and their affairs by a guiding purpose. The rest do not proceed. They are merely swept along, like objects afloat in a river. And of these objects, some are held back by sluggish waters and are transported gently. Others are torn along by a more violent current. Some, which are nearest to the bank, are left there as the current slackens, and others are carried out to sea by the onrush of the stream. Therefore, we should decide what we wish and abide by the decision. End quote. So you can see here that this is, as I said earlier, uh, a kind of conclusion of the letter. Uh, he's been walking us through saying, listen, I've, as we talked about in the last episode, I've found this pure, true joy that comes about from, uh, from within me, not from any external good, right? Uh, and, and he wants us to be able to find this. And so he kind of tells us exactly how he believes this is achieved, right? And, uh, and so he says... It comes from a good conscience, from honourable purposes, from right actions, from contempt of the gifts of chance, from an even and calm way of living which treads but one path. And you could think of that one path as, you know, the standard that you set for yourself, the character that you aspire to embody within yourself. And doesn't this all just make perfect sense? You know... 
something that I've been thinking about for a long time now has been this idea that, you know, if we truly listen to our internal feelings, to our sense of meaning in life, uh, I think we can all agree that we feel alive and a sense of deep meaning and deep joy when we are living in agreement, or you could say in alignment uh, with our better character, with the side of ourselves that we know that we are capable of being, right? Uh, and and so, you know, we set standards for ourselves in life, we set goals for ourselves in life, uh, and, and we try to achieve these, but we truly feel that sense of meaning when we are on that path, when we're walking on that path that we've set for ourselves. And we fall out of this sense of deep meaning and connection with ourselves when we go against those expectations, when we go against those standards that we've set for ourselves. And this is why one of the first things that I get any of my new clients to do is to write their personal philosophy, you know, in your family and relationships, in your career, in your health and fitness, in your community contribution, in your religion and spirituality, you know, in all of these areas of your life, uh, who is it that you want to be? What's the standard that you're setting for yourself? What would you aspire to be like in those areas of your life? And then we sit down and we say, okay, where are you doing really well? Great. Congratulations. And then where are you falling short? And the reason that we do this is, you know, if you're feeling some sort of stress or anxiety in life, or um, you feel as though you're not living up to the expectations that you've set for yourself, you know, the chances are, unless you are a perfect being untouched by any sort of internal tyranny, right? The chances are that if you can move closer to being the person who you aspire to be, uh, then you're going to feel a lot more confident in life. You're going to feel a sense of deep meaning about the path that you're walking. You're going to come closer to that personal ideal that you've set for yourself. And nothing feels quite as good as walking that path and getting closer to the ideal that you would like to be uh, moving towards. And this is essentially the path that Seneca lays out for us here. He says, set a standard that you're going to live by, a path that you're going to walk in your life, and then stick to it. Try to see how close you can get to having a clean conscience, right? See how close you can get uh, to living an honorable, purpose-driven life. Nothing feels quite like it. And, you know, Seneca has been trying to get us to see in this letter that what we're doing when we pursue philosophy, when we seek deep wisdom, is that there has to be some sort of destination that we're moving towards, right? That destination is a certain confidence in life, a certain uh, a joy that we experience in living that comes from a knowledge that we have what it takes within us to live honorably and with good character at all times. And part of that is certainly setting the standards, setting your ideal, right? And deciding that you're going to go on the path of living according to this ideal, living according to this standard. And we also can't forget this all-important part that he says here, having a contempt for the gifts of chance. Now, what he means here is take your life into your hands, you know, take your own salvation into your hands. Don't put your trust in the world to fix you, to give you every opportunity that you need to make your life the best it could be or to change your character in the way that it needs to be changed. Don't put your trust in those things. 
Trust in your own ability that you have to make transformation in yourself, right? And on this note, and more to the point of the letter, you know, don't put your trust in the world to deliver you these goods that are going to give you the experience of joy for your whole life, right? Uh, Take that into your own hands. See if you can find a deep internal solitude like the poet Rilke talked about, you know, finding that internal solitude so that you experience the beauty and the joy of living. Uh, whenever you come back to that center within yourself. And this really does remind me of something from the poet Rilke, right? Uh, so he, he writes in one of his letters to a young poet uh, when he's trying to convince this young poet that he should make the decision whether he's going to go into the military or whether he's going to be a writer. All right. And, and one of the things that he says here, he says, if your everyday life seems to lack material, do not blame it blame yourself. Tell yourself that you are not poet enough to summon up its riches, for there is no lack for him who creates and no poor trivial place. So, can you see how he's saying a very similar thing to what Seneca is trying to show us, right? He's essentially saying, if you don't see the beauty and the majesty and the joy that exists around you in your life, don't blame the world, blame yourself. You know, you have looked at the world, but you have not seen. You have listened to the things around you, but you have not heard. And Seneca is saying, you know, if you haven't experienced this true, solid joy that he is trying to get us to walk towards, perhaps it's not the world's fault. Perhaps it's not the fault of the world for not delivering to you all these goods that you want to come your way. Perhaps you need to take a look at yourself and say, am I really living up to the expectations that I've set for myself? Am I really living in accordance with my best nature that would thus open the door to this certain solid and substantive joy that Seneca is trying to get us to see? And then moving on in these few passages, of course, he he warns us against uh, being one of those people who is just swept along by the river of life. You know, no purpose, no aim, just going along with it. And, uh, and he says, no, what you should do is you should decide what you wish and you should abide by that decision. You know, so Seneca takes a pretty hard line approach here. You know, decide what you wish. Do you want to have this certain type of character? Do you want to be satisfied with the goods of your own soul, the superior part of yourself? Or do you want to just be dragged along by life? You know, well, it's clear to Seneca that there is a better decision. And that is to decide who it is that you will be and to live by the goods that spring forth from your own soul, from your own character. And so... I think I'm going to leave it there. I hope you've taken a lot out of these past few episodes on this letter. Uh, Of course, we're diving a little bit deeper into the final passages from this letter in the next episode, but this is certainly uh, some sort of a conclusion from Seneca about the way that he sees this kind of joy, the nature of this kind of joy, and how we should go about attaining it. And uh, and I really hope that you meditate on these thoughts for a while and and see how you stack up in your life and, uh, and see if you need to do a restructuring of the standards that you set for yourself so that you can get back on that path and walk towards this joy that Seneca is uh, trying to uh, encourage us to find. So again, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'll talk to you next time. Mm